I love vision. Vision is so powerful. It is a vehicle. And if you present it right and if you grab onto it right, vision can become something that drives you to live your entire life for one purpose. Vision is insane. And a lot of you know that God kind of laid this on our heart, you know, a while ago to plant something, a movement that would change the world. Now, little did we know what all that meant. You know, at first it was just like, okay, cool. We're going to start a church, launch a church. You know, what does that look like? And then as God started to unveil and unravel what it was that we were planting, we realized something. This is not an ordinary church. This is not something that we can go off a template or look at what everybody else is doing and put it into ours. God was calling us to do something different. God was calling us to gather individuals who were a little bit crazy, a little bit wild, and get them involved in his plan that he had for this area. What I believe that Philadelphia, long ago, I believe that God set it up to be the landmark of hope for the world. I mean, if you think about it, there was this dream, and it all started with a dream. It all started with a vision where guys got together and said, okay, I see a country. I see a country that will be set apart in freedom, and we will make this nation great. It will be the greatest nation in the world. The world will look at this nation and say, that is exactly what it looks like to be a nation that is free. And so these guys got together and signed this declaration that said, we will do this no matter what. And I think how, how historical and how amazing it is when you look at the history of Philadelphia and what started here. I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of things started here, but it all began with a thought and a hope and a dream that somebody had and it sparked a vision that lasted forever. I love, I love what Jesus did because it's amazing. When you look back through scripture, you notice that Jesus was the greatest example we ever had of what it means to live selflessly, to live for, for everybody else's needs, to live for everybody else's life. And we went trick-or-treating the other night. And so we're all going down the street. We're all trick-or-treating and whatnot. And, you know, the darkness is coming, Right? And so the kids are getting candy and all this stuff. Well, all of a sudden, John Everett, he's like, okay, I got you something for tonight. And he pulls out this flashlight. He's like, this is your flashlight for tonight. You can see wherever you're going. So if you need this, just take it. Um, actually, he was like, hey, I got this for you, and you can totally use it. And if you know John, he just gets excited about these kind of things. I'm like, yes, John, thank you. This is amazing. Actually, this is the coolest light I've ever had in my life. So we're going all night. Well, when darkness fell, okay, because it wasn't dark when he gave me the light. So I was thinking, okay, cool. I don't know if I'll, you know, need this, but we'll do it. Well, when the darkness fell, they didn't have any street lights. So all of a sudden, the kids are running around with Batman costumes that are totally black, and they're gone. You know, Zion's gone. He's the bat in the night, you know. And I'm like, where'd he go? Well, I pull out the light, and I can see everything. And I, I, I thought about it. I'm like, this is exactly what Jesus did when he gave us a vision and a hope for the world as he passed the light to us and he said, you're gonna need this because you're going into a world that is so dark that you will lose your way if you do not use my light. And there will be those that will get lost and 
and totally turned around and not know where they're going if you don't come in with the light, if you don't come in with the hope. And I ran across this scripture, and I want to share it with you because it, it was one of those moments in my, my Bible reading. I don't know if you've had these where you have a, a gulp, then your heart stops beating, then you sweat real hard, and then you realize God just spoke to me. You know, I, I don't know if you've had that, but the scripture is Jeremiah 33, 6 through 9. It says this, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah and Israel back from captivity and will rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all the sin they have committed against me and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it and they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And when I read that, I said, God, that's exactly what you're gonna do with Philadelphia. You are gonna set up a city that will bring you renowned joy praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it and they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. I said, God, that's exactly what you're gonna do in Philly because a lot of you know God's setting this place up to be the lighthouse of the world. In 10 years, the world's eyes are gonna look at it and it's gonna be an incredible thing whenever we show them a city full of people who are selflessly loving, selflessly giving, selflessly sharing, selflessly setting down their standards and their lives and their, their sacrificing their time and energy for others. And we're gonna set that up because as change, we are a church that use vision over the visible. You see, we are going to set our standards and our lives upon what God has shown us, not what we see now. Because if you look across Philly right now, it's not the standard of the world. But what God's placed in our heart is this will be the city that sets the standard for the world. So you have to go off vision and say, God, you've placed that in our hearts as that is what we're building to and that's what we're going after. But we can't rely on what's around us. We are setting our hope and our lives on Jesus Christ and his vision that he's placed in our hearts. Change. If you look at the symbol, the triangle literally means to make different or to make change. And so when we were thinking about, you know, where to go with like a logo and, you know, we're all about that because I'm like a creative guy. So I have to like, it has to not only be good, but it has to look good too. And so I'm like, yeah, we got to get, I like the triangle, like how it feels. And then when I looked up what it, what it meant and the meaning behind it, did you know it's the only shape that can't be obstructed by anything from the outside? because all of the sides are exactly right to where it gets its strength from within. And I just believe that God's creating a church, a new, a new standard of, of what it means to be a body of Christ that can't be penetrated from the outside because of the strength that's from within. And I believe that God is gonna set up a people that are so strong and mighty for him that we are literally gonna change the world. I, I believe that we're gonna be in every school across Philadelphia 
And if you know that there's like 300 plus schools, and that's not even counting charter schools, that's not even counting the special schools, that's not even counting all that. That's just the public schools. We're going to be in all of them because we believe that the next generation is the hope of the world. The next generation is the most powerful tool that God is setting up and getting into place. And I am so pumped about this wild generation that will literally change the way we've ever thought about bringing Jesus to the earth. Oh, my word. I'm so pumped. A lot of you know we're doing uh, this thing called City Spheres where we're bringing influencers in and talking about transformation in the city. And I love the grand picture of it because when you step back and you realize what God did, God set up a base to train up leaders in schools to be problem solvers in their world. Now, that's great. That's all fine and dandy. If they're problem solvers in the schools, they're finding out, oh, the teachers don't have tissues. That's great. Let's buy tissues. You know, oh, there's someone being left out at lunch. Let's go sit with them at lunch. That's great and all fine and dandy. But think about when they get older. Hello. Think about when they get older. Now they're in a job. Now they're figuring out that there's social things wrong. There's social justice things that aren't right in the world. And think about the culture that's already inside of them, that they're now going to be the problem solvers that says, not on my watch. And now all of a sudden, it used to be tissues that you're buying for your teacher, but now you're setting captives free that were in sex slavery. And now you're the one standing in social justice saying, not on my watch because of what Jesus did in me, I'm going to do for the world. Think about that. So we're creating a launch of leaders that are the next breed of leadership. The new standard is going to be excellent. The new standard is going to be problem solvers. The new standard is going to be people who care and do something about it. I'm pumped about it. I'm excited about this next generation coming up. I'm excited about what they're going to accomplish because I have a lot of them around me and I know what's inside of them and it's greatness. It's greatness. And I'm just so excited for what God is doing in us. And from the beginning of time, God created this moment of individuals who are going to come around and say, okay, this is what God put on our hearts. This is what God said about this city. Now, what are we going to do about it? And we're going to pull all of our resources together and say, how do we get this accomplished so that this city becomes the greatest city in the face of the planet so that Jesus' name can be proclaimed throughout the earth. We believe that vision is the vehicle. And isn't vision fun to jump on board to? It's like a SEPTA bus, you know, you just jump on and ride it around and it's really fun and it's super exciting because you're going somewhere. But how many know that a SEPTA bus wouldn't go anywhere if it didn't have fuel? It'd be pretty boring. Be sitting there staring at each other like, all right, we're in a bus, but it's not going anywhere. It's getting kind of stale air in here. Not so fun. And we believe that vision is a vehicle. It's so powerful. But here's the deal. Generosity is the fuel that drives the vision forward. And so here's what I've seen all throughout history. You can see it all around. So it started with, you know, the guy sitting around, 56 guys saying, all right, Declaration of Independence, let's write this. We are one nation under God. We are going to make a, a nation of freedom. And then they had to do something with it. That was a great vision. Everybody jump on the SEPTA bus. You know, we're all going to a free nation. But now you got to lay down your life for it. Now you have to actually put your actions where your words were. All throughout, you know, God designed it so that 
everything he called you to do. And, and you look at Jesus, oh my word, Jesus was the biggest one to call this out. Because he was like, here's my vision. The world's going to be changed, but here's the generosity part of it. You have to give your life to it. Oh, by the way, you have to die for this cause. And there, all of his disciples died for it. All of them were sacrificed for it. They cared about it so much that they gave everything for it. And so all throughout history, anything great that's gone on has been vision plus generosity. And that's what tonight's all about. Because it's those coming together and saying, okay, here's what we believe. We believe in the vision that God's put in our hearts. But here's the generosity that comes with it. We're gonna give our time. We're gonna give our talent. We're gonna give our treasure to see this come because we believe in it so much. We think that God has placed this in our hearts so much. We are sure of it that we're going forward in it no matter what the cost. Praise the Lord for, for those of you who have, who have just jumped on board and said, hey, let's do this thing because we believe this is bigger than us. We believe this is bigger than this room. And we believe that someday we won't be able to contain this mission and this vision in one building. We're gonna be all across the country and we're gonna ferociously plant. That's what God calls us to do, by the way. He calls us to ferociously plant. And I thought that, okay, this is kind of crazy and this is me being a little transparent with you. I thought that meant one church per neighborhood in Philadelphia. Now, neighborhoods are sectored into like nine or 10 neighborhoods of Philadelphia, okay? You got South, you know, you got Southwest, you got Southeast, you got North, Northeast, all that. So you have all those neighborhoods. So I was thinking, oh yeah, one church will do it. That's gonna be awesome. So we're gonna plant like nine churches and cover all the neighborhoods. That was cute. But then we went into the neighborhood and we're walking the streets and I'm like, babe, there's a thousand people in these two blocks alone. We gotta, we gotta put a church like every two blocks. So not only are we gonna plant in every neighborhood, we're gonna be on every two blocks. We're gonna ferociously plant because you know what I believe? I believe the world needs a church of no judgment. The world needs a church of full on love. The world needs a church who sets the standard of what it looks like to selflessly give. People don't know what selflessly giving is anymore. When you give them something like, what do you do? What do you want? What do you need from me? I don't need any. Isn't that what Jesus called us to do? Selflessly give. The world needs a church on fire. The world needs a church with a vision. The world needs a church that says, you know what? We're not contained in these walls. In fact, these walls only hold the celebration of what we're doing on the outside of these walls. Because the church needs to be alive. The church needs to be working. The church is in these buildings. When we go to work, holla, that's the church. And so we believe that. We believe that we want to ferociously plant and, and pray with us, by the way, uh, a side note, pray with us right now for leaders to rise up even now, pastors to rise up, campus leaders to rise up, volunteers to come out the forefront. I mean, we're just believing for great things and mighty things. And we know that God has already planned all that. Prayer is the thing that just moves things. And when we speak things into existence, the angels have to move. We are going to go into communities. And I know this sounds so silly and simple, but we're going to go say, how can we help you? And that's going to be our vision. We're going to come into communities and say, how can we help you? How can we bring value? How can we look at what's already working and make it better? How can we maximize what's going on? Because isn't that what God calls to do to be the solve? God calls to be the solve to the problem, not to create more issues about what we find, but to be the solve to the issue. And so we're going to do that. We're going to change this city one neighborhood at a time, become uh, a city that is transformed and alive and well, and I'm so excited. Um, so tonight, I wanted uh, Ashley to come and share a little bit about um, the, the the generosity factor because um, a lot of you know 
uh, I, I come from a family where it was like, it doesn't matter if it was your last $100. If God calls you to give the $100, you give the $100, you know, and we'll find, we'll find a way to do it. And so that was just ingrained in me. Her family's nuts. They go even further than that. And, and we believe in this. We believe that generosity is all about good stewardship and good sending, okay? Being good steward with what God's given and send it in the right areas. You know, don't be sending it in stupid places, but being, being diligent in what God has put in you. And we believe that if we become more generous, we will become more abundant and we will be conduits of what God is pouring in through us. How many of you want to be a conduit of what God is pouring out? Hello, I want to be one that God says, okay, if I give him a million dollars, I know 900,000 of it's going to go right through him. You know what I mean? I want to be that guy that God says, I know Elijah, I can trust him. I can trust him to funnel money through him. And that's what I want to be. And not only money, but time, opportunities, uh, places and positions. I want to be that. And so I I asked Ashley to come and share with you just a, a little bit about our culture of generosity and where we are. So baby, come on and share it with us. Oh my word. I love the culture of generosity. I love that Elijah has set that as our culture of change from the beginning before the church even launched, before we even like knew anything happening back in July when we were praying about this, he was like, the most important thing has to be our generosity. And we believe in generosity in our time, in our talent, and in our treasure. And Elijah and I, you know, whenever, like he said, we both came from families that were like extremely generous. My parents are like, jump on a plane. We'll be there. Like, what do you need? Like, I come, and I'm so blessed to come from that kind of a family with generosity. And so that has been a huge key in our lives, even since we got married, setting that as a standard for our family. And so you guys will see in your book, um, I'm going to talk a little bit just kind of about logistics that are coming. We're super excited about the future. Like Elijah and I feel like if we don't talk to you for like 24 hours, it's like seven more things happen. Like I feel like we can't update people enough. We, we have to figure out a good way to update people because so much is happening. But um, you're going to see in this book, you're going to see our core values. Um, those are the core values for our life, for our ministry, for everything that we are going to do in the city of Philadelphia. Relationships trump regimen. Like Elijah said, we're going to spend these next few months out on the streets with people. And we're just going to get to know people. And we are going to spend time building relationships. Because we can set up as much structure and as much promotion for an event as we want. And you know me, like I am so into structure, so that will be there as well. But the relationship has to trump that. And so we are so excited with our team to spend time doing that. Um, Healthy families help hurting families. We believe families need to be healthy. And then once you're healthy, you can help others who are hurting. And so that is a core value for us. Um, Vision versus visible. Like Elijah said, we are making our decisions. We are placing our finances. We are placing our time into the future vision. The goal is not just September when we launch services. The goal is the future vision of 10 years. What is our city going to look like? And that is being set up from day one. We are so blessed to have wisdom on that. Number four, language leads longevity. We believe that the way we talk, the way we speak to people, the way we speak about people, that's going to lead the culture of change. And so language is a key to us. Exemplify to multiply. 
This is so huge. What we do is what will be multiplied. It's like they say with kids, like I can tell my kids to do something a hundred times. They're going to follow what I do, not really what I say. And so the culture, and this is where all of these fit so into our culture of generosity. Number six, our last one, failure fuels the future. We know that there's going to be failures, and we are not, like, looking forward to them, but we know that there will be failures, but we will be a church that celebrates failure because we believe that when you fail, that is going to fuel us into the future. That failure is going to lead us to say, okay, what could we have done different? What could we do better, bigger, different next time? That failure is going to fuel that, and so that is how we are going to look at generosity, um, like I told you guys, and Elijah and I, you know, generosity is a huge thing to us. We, we live, breathe that scripture where it says, generosity opens the doors to the great. And we believe that as generous people, and as Elijah has even seen with his time, his talent, the generosity has opened doors to the great. And that's what we're believing with change. We're believing with our generosity in the city of Philadelphia. That will open doors to the great. But like our core values exemplify to multiply, we would never ask our church to do something that Elijah and I would not do. And so when we were working through this and working through our budget and stuff like that, I was like, you know, Elijah, what are we doing? Like, I kind of want to figure out, like, where are we at personally? And I was running our financial numbers. And this past year, like, we had given away almost 30% of our income. And it's because, like, we believe generosity is something that you can't, this is how my dad raised me, you can't outgive God. You can outspend God, but you cannot outgive God. And so when God speaks to us about giving, investing our time, investing our treasure, we believe that you cannot outgive God. We, we're like, how much more can we give away? Like, we need to be like smart about this. But so on the next page, you're going to see um, about generosity. And just so you know, for Change Church, we are 100% upfront open, transparent with our financials. We are super blessed by having, like, we are convinced the most amazing board on the face of the planet, okay? So um, we have Mark and Jan Poor are here. They are amazing. We have John and Katie. Katie's here. John and Katie Everett. And then Kurt and Jody Sirak. But we have the most amazing board in the world. And so they are helping give us wisdom. They are helping with our accountability and our financials. They, we have spent so much time praying and talking through our budget and saying, how can we do this better, different? Like, how can we strategize our time? Because what it comes down to, guys, is we want to make the most of everything we do. We want to make the most of our service to the city. We want to make the most of our vision nights. We want to make the most of everything we do. How can we maximize our impact? And so you're going to see, that's why we do city spheres. That's why we do impact. That's why we're meeting with other pastors. We believe there's power in partnerships. And we believe that as we partner with others in the city, can we change, turn a city around? No. We can't. But as we partner with those in the city of Philadelphia, we truly, we said the other day, we were like, are we just crazy? Like, have we just told ourselves this enough to convince ourselves that we really can change a city? But we are dead convinced, like, Philadelphia will never look the same in 10 years. And so on our generosity page, you're going to see where our um, budget is going. You're going to see where, what is going to personnel, facilities, operations, outreach, launch, and future vision. 
Let me just explain that to you from Elijah's standpoint. He, most churches give away roughly 10% of their income, goes back into missions and outreach type of stuff. And Elijah said, as a church, when we met and we went to our conference in Seattle, he said, I want to be a church that never spends more operationally personnel facilities than we invest back into our city and the world. So we will be a 50-50 split or higher. If extra comes in, that will be flowing directly through change into impact, into city spheres, into this, this city transformation that God's going to do because that is, that is very important to us is that the visionary investments that people make needs to be going into the vision that God has given us for the city. And so you'll see on the back, um, you're going to see our goal. And um, our goal budget for 2017 is $180,000. Okay, so just go ahead and gasp because we did <laughs> once we added it up. And really just totally funny story. We thought our budget only needed to be like $30,000. Okay, so that's what we told them first. We're like, oh, I think we just need like $30,000. And we were like, maybe we should start running legit numbers. So we start running numbers and we're like, oh, that was cute. Like that's going to do a little bit. But that's not going to do the vision that God's given Elijah. And so with this $180,000, you're going to see on there how we've split it up. We would like to encourage you, above and beyond your tithe, to consider supporting change in this first 12 months. And so we, um, we are doing that. We're, of course, like tithing to change, but we are sponsoring change. And here's where we're at. We're very excited about this, okay? We have the opportunity for matching grants to what comes in. So our goals, just financially speaking, we are looking to raise $20,000 by December 31st. And so we are working with sponsors. We are doing churches. We are going to go speak. We have people who are taking us on for missions, for love offerings. We are working adamantly for that $20,000 so that we can start applying for these matching grants. And then if we get that $10,000 a month support for 2017, then we will be fully funded. And like Elijah said, you know, our heart for this money is never for it to be in change. But we all know that you have to have money to make vision happen. And we want to be able to spend our days out with people. Elijah has the opportunity to work here alongside some amazing, like, innovators and creators. And like, we are so excited to be able to spend that time. I don't know if all of you know, but, um, was it last Sunday? Yeah, October 30th, we came up here with our team, and we walked around Gray's Ferry out there. And so we were just walking around, and we're um, my, like uh, Jacqueline and me and my father, and we had all the kids at the playground, and, you know, we just start playing with them. Well, Elijah comes back, and we have like 30, 40 kids just running around. He's like, what are you doing, running like a mini kids church? I'm like, I don't know. They all just came running to the park. Like, this is so fun. And these kids just want to be loved on and they just want attention, and they brought our kids right in, and they love them, and they're teaching them games, and they're showing them all, and it was just so cool to see as a team, and Elijah went out with a bunch of the team, and they started walking around, like he said, and just said, we're new to the city, and we just want to know what is the need in this area of the city. What's the greatest need in this area of the city? First person they went into, this girl at, at a, like an apartment complex or whatever it's called, she's working and he, she, he goes, you know, I'm new to the city, just wondering what is the greatest need? She goes, man, we need a church. We need a come as you are church. And Elijah's like, oh my word, if that's not confirmation, like, I don't know what is, like, thank you so much. 
And then, you know, the more they started talking to people, everyone said that. We need to come as you are, church. We need a church. And it just, it was crazy to us how many people said, but are you a church that judges? Are you a church that judges? And we thought, man, how crazy that we've gotten so far off that people have to ask that question before ever considering. Are you a church of judges? We're like, no. He's like, look at me. I'm the lead pastor. They're like, okay. Like, I can see that. That sounds good. And it was awesome. And so we are so excited. Our kids are going to be the forefront of change. The students, like we said, you are impact is going to be our student ministry. We're working in the schools. Elijah's going to start mentoring and working in the schools in January. And so we're super excited for some opportunities that are opening up. Some of the team, we're going to start serving consistently on like a weekly basis at CHOP in the Ronald McDonald House to begin to be with the families and the students there. Miss Lori's going to do running, like, which is so awesome. Like, oh my word. She's like, who's going to run with me? I was like, I don't know about that one. (laughs) I don't know if I can do that one. But no, so we are so excited about the future. We want to thank you again for your prayers, for your support. And here's what we want to ask you to do. John, do you have um, these Changemaker cards? And then we have pens. And we want to ask you if you would consider sponsoring change either with a one-time donation or with a monthly donation for 2017. And you'll see on the back, you can see the change maker goals that we have, if you will. Um, Essentially, we need 100 people working together and we'll be able to fully fund this ministry, which we are so excited about. Again, if you have any questions about anything going on, you're more than welcome to ask us. You're more than welcome to ask our board. They are so awesome, so you can totally talk to them. But we want to ask you if you would consider sponsoring with your treasure, change. We also want to ask you if you would consider sponsoring change with your time. We have some service opportunities, so if you want to be involved in serving in the city of Philadelphia, you can just write on the back of your card, I'd love to serve. We are partnering. We're super excited about this. Um, (laughs) Lori Wojcik is like such a blessing, okay? And she is just rocking out our community service part of change. And she's talked to Project Home. And we as change are adopting Project Home. They have these resident homes set up around Philadelphia where people are able to live who may be homeless and they're able to come. And so for Thanksgiving, we're going to be going and we're going to be serving them Thanksgiving dinner. So if you'd be interested in serving with us or if you'd be interested in preparing something beforehand and allowing us to bring it up, we're also going to adopt two houses in December, December 9th and December 16th. We're really excited. We've taken this on with City Spheres, and we're going to be adopting a family home. So that's going to have adults, kids. We're so excited. Our kids are making cards for them. It's going to be so adorable. And then um, December 16th, we'll be adopting a separate home, which is just men and women um, with disabilities. And so we're going to be serving both of those homes. So there's opportunities for about like eight to 10 to serve each opportunity. And we thought, let's maximize our effort. Let's reach as many people as we can. And then if you're interested in investing your talent, you can um, talk to us about joining the dream team. There is, 
our big thing is we don't want people to ever fill a position. We want our dream team to fulfill their calling. And so we are all about like whatever people are called to do, we want to open up those opportunities for them to be a part of that with change. So if you're interested maybe in creative, maybe worship, maybe children's ministry, all different opportunities, we are um, looking for people who will make a one-year commitment for 2017 to say, I'd love to commit to your launch year. Let's get this thing growing. We're going to be having interest socials once a month. So we'll be bringing the city in and showing them what change is, growing our team. Like we met an amazing lady a couple weeks ago who we had the opportunity to talk to her and she was just looking for a church to get connected to. So we're, we're just really excited about the opportunities that are coming. So if you want to, you can either give monthly, like you can write it on there if you would like to send in a check like snail mail wise, or you can give through our app. You can download the Change Church app, give through there, or you can give at thisischange.org slash giving. Or just go to thisischange.org and you can find giving there. And you can actually just set it up as a recurring donation if you like to do online stuff. That's what I like to do. If you give to Impact, um, you can give to Impact through Change. And what's awesome about that is now that we have the matching grants, we have the opportunity to double the giving that comes in. So if you are giving to Impact and you'd like to do that. So we kind of have two goals. You can, you can start it now. Our first goal is $20,000 by December 31st. So if you would like to do a one-time donation, like in the next couple months, year-end giving comes up or whatever, you can do that. And then we're looking for monthly giving for 12 months. So just to sponsor 2017 as we get this up and going. I, I want to pray over us just as we kind of take some time and think about what we want to uh, be a part of. Um, and, and just so you know, just... Right off the bat, you have to hear our hearts on this. This is more than money, okay? Because um, I, I can't stand when just people are just all about money. I want you to hear me. You, God might tell you, hey, go quit your job and let's plan a campus in South Philly, okay? I, I don't know what God, your part is, but God might be placing something totally different on your heart. So tonight, I just want to take like a moment and just kind of quiet ourselves um, and, and just listen uh, to what God has for us to do. Because I feel like this is such a powerful moment in history. I really do. I feel like the angels are kind of rejoicing. And they're kind of like, yes, they're finally getting it and doing it and, and putting it into motion. So I just want to send up a prayer for us tonight. Can we do that? And just and take a moment. God, we love you. And I just pray tonight that in this moment where we hear you, we hear your voice. We hear what you're speaking. We hear what you're doing. Uh, But God, we want to be silent so that we can understand. We want to understand what is our part in this. What is our part in what you are trying to accomplish in this world? God, give us a glimpse of your plans. Give us a glimpse of your destiny that you have for each individual in this room. God, I pray that you place it on their heart. Wake them up in the middle of the night like you've done with us. God, they're going to hate it at first, but then they're going to love it because you're putting such a passion in them. I pray that you break our heart for what breaks yours. God, start to break us for the lost, that as we walk through our city, that we would be broken like you are broken. And when we think about those that are dying and going to hell, God, we can't stand it. It makes us sick keeps us up at night. God, break us for this. I just thank you so much for this amazing city. 
I thank you so much for this amazing city that you are setting up. And we can't see all the details. We just know what you've told us. So God, teach us. And I pray that right now in this room, raise up leaders. Raise up the ferocious, forceful ones that are forcefully advancing your kingdom. And teach us our part. Teach us what you would have us to do. Don't show us what we can do. Show us what we should do. God, don't, don't show us our budget, but God, show us faith, promises, faith. Show us what you want to flow through us, would you? Because, God, if, if you would have shown me what I would be flowing through my life right now, I wouldn't have believed you. But, God, open our eyes to have faith. Let us have faith that you are calling us to great things. We love you so much, God, and we trust you in your beautiful, wonderful name.